0: Okay, people. Um, I think that uh, it might be possible that that headset that I use or I used last time. Um, like I said, I think I ran over the cord or something, maybe. Because when I first, when I did my first show back, that's what I used, and and it uh, sounded really good. But then when I did the uh, last episode with the, you know, the William Smith and that stuff. Um, I could kind of tell on the recording device that um, the actual, you know, the graph that shows the sound, that it wasn't, there wasn't much uh, variation. And um, so I switched back over to that big new kind of boom mic thing. uh, And I can tell immediately just from looking at it that the sound is way better. So what I was going to do is... um, Like I said, I I started getting off into the weeds as far as talking about movies um, and directors and actors on IMDb as I was discussing some of the movies that I watched. And uh, again, I thought that I wasn't going to have enough um, content to fill up the entire show, but then when I started doing that, I got to... Uh, where I was talking about William Smith's career, and I had to like you know run through that because I looked up and I had like two minutes left, and I wanted to you know do him a little bit of justice because he's such a big um, favorite of a lot of the people on the show. So anyway, I just got back from the stow. It's Saturday morning. I um, took Mary for our walk really early because it it starts getting daylight like uh, between. Uh, five thirty and five forty-five a.m. So we went ahead and went for our walk, and then came back and um had some stuff that I wanted to get at the store, and of course, as usually when I when I go, I end up picking up other things. But I have been getting these um kind of like trail sort of power bar things that are they're mostly nuts, uh, and have a, l- a little bit of dark chocolate and coconut or something like that, and, and they're those kind. Uh, bars, but they make different kinds. They make one that's almost like a, you know, it's a power bar, but it's, it's, um, uh, more just granola. And then I think they make one, well, no, I'm thinking about cliff bars, but those are, those are the big, heavy, thick, uh, ones that are really good. But, but, uh, I like the ones that I just got that are just mostly nuts. And, uh, they're the pack that I get, there's like two different flavors in them and they're just wee little, each one of them is, uh, maybe, uh, about as big as like two, um, uh, like mini Snickers bars that you get at like Halloween. But so I got those, I got some, some, uh, different coffee. Uh, I have my, uh, dark French roast in there, which I have a whole bag of it, but I also got some, uh, some just flavored coffee, this creme brulee. And, uh, then also, uh, got some Tim Hortons, uh, dark roast too. Um, but the thing is, uh, um, I got a Keurig for Christmas like a couple years ago, and then all of a sudden it just stopped working. And I had to get on YouTube, figure, and and look and see how to reset it. Uh, you can almost like do a a hard reboot of it, like you would your computer, where you uh, you know unplug it for or like you would do your cable or your uh, your modem on your computer unplug it for like a minute or two then plug it back in and hold the power button in and it does like a reboot and um but it just kept it that worked a few times but then Uh, it started every time I would put the pod in, it would just make a mess. Like all the stuff would be coming out the top. Uh, and some, we had one at work that stopped working and then somebody bought a new one. So then we had the one that didn't work and we got a new one and everybody started using that. And then the new one stopped working. And one girl at work said she thought she figured it out that, um, it wasn't poking the hole in the bottom. So all the water was going in the top and just coming out the hole in the top, and it does. It just makes a big mess. And uh, to be honest with you, I've had a uh, Mr. Coffee Maker that just has the pot, and I've had that thing for probably 25 years. It's never broken, and I use it all the time at home when I make coffee. And uh, so I actually am kind of thinking about, you know, just not – doing the Keurig thing anymore. Uh, you know, the, it's convenient to have the little pods and everything, but I can just see it. And we have a regular coffee pot in just about every break room at work, including in the room that I work in. And I can just make a pot there and, and have a couple of cups and, you know, the, some of the other people can have some too. So I'm not sure about the Keurig thing, if it's worth it or not. Yeah, it's great. But like I said, the if, if they don't last any longer than that, I'm not sure I'm going to you know, keep, keep doing, doing that thing. Um, and I got a little orange juice, wanted to get a little vitamin C. I take my vitamins and stuff too, but I just kind of had a little craving for some orange juice. Um, let's see. <laughs> I'm t- telling you guys everything that I bought at the, at the fucking grocery store. Um, didn't see any hot chicks at the grocery store. Um, it's funny. I started watching on YouTube, uh, this thing called, um, cartnarks and it's this guy and he goes around to these like grocery stores or um Walmarts uh Targets um um you know, big pharmacies like CVS and things like that. And he walks around the parking lot and he has like a like a lightsaber and a megaphone. And if he sees somebody that doesn't put their cart back in the uh, cart return, like if they just put it in a parking space or if they put it up on the curb or something like that in one of the little uh, flower planter or things or something, it's funny. He'll go over and he'll be like, whoop, whoop. And he'll be like, that's not where the cart goes, sir. Cart goes over there in the car turn. And he has these magnetized, um, like bumper stickers that say something about, you know, I'm a, I'm a duty head and I didn't put my cart back and it's got their phone number on it and everything. He'll throw those on the hood of their car and shit. And some of these people get so fucking mad. It's hilarious. And some of them actually, when he starts telling them what to do, they'll, they, they are like, okay, I'm sorry, you know, and everything. And then it's, It's amazing. How um, much um, YouTube goes everywhere because there's a lot of people that will see him, and he's like he'll be in Texas, he'll be in Virginia, South Carolina, he'll he, be all over the place, and people will be like, "Oh, I see you on YouTube all the time. I love your I love your uh, show and everything." Even the ones that he's getting, and they'll be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, the carton arc got me. You know, I watch your videos all the time. I'll put it back and everything." And it's uh, those are pretty funny. Just watching some people get so fucking mad. And, um, so anyway, um, I don't know what I'm going to do today since I recorded yesterday and I wanted to listen to some of the show while I was walking this morning to check the audio and even on my iPad, if I turned it up all the way, I can hear it, but you know, who, who, you you had to turn it up all the way and, you know, and kind of listen. So who the hell wants to listen to that? So that was, again, you know, my apologies for that one. You know, I know. Just started putting out shows again, and I want to put out good shows that you know you guys can listen to and shit. Um, and and uh, that when I when I uh, uh, uploaded that one and everything, and I was like, oh okay, you know, because I want to listen to it just a little bit to see what it sounds like. And I started listening to it, and I had to crank the volume up, and I was like, oh my god, because you know you do two hours and you're sitting there talking. the The good thing for you guys is is that show kind of sucked because I did start rambling about a lot of stuff, and um, I, I didn't, uh, but you know, like I said, I think the other one that I did, I, I was like, man, that's the first one I've done in a long time. I don't feel, I, I didn't feel like I was really feeling it, and uh, you know, having a good time and stuff, and then when I listened to it, I thought, I actually uh, thought that one was pretty good. So anyway, let's see, I think I left everything up from the other day. Now I probably won't have enough time, or I'll, I uh, will will not have enough content, but we'll look here anyway. So we had uh, William Smith and all his stuff shooting Miss Kitty and being on Hawaii Five O and Rich Man Poor Man and CC and Company with Joe Namath and all that stuff. Um, you know, like I said, I I I just liked the, the, even just watching that guy all the time. He was kind of scary when I was a kid, but you know he's one of those guys that you always wanted to look like, you know, because he was so you know kind of such a buff, you know, cool looking dude, dude. What do we have here? Okay, I think I looked that up. Uh, was the Alan Ladd movie with um, Charles Bronson in his first movie as Charles Bronson and not Charles Buczynski. Drumbeat. So I had some ones here. Man. What do we got here? Okay, William Smith. I need to back out of that and get back to the movies that I watched. Uh, the Beast of Yucca Flats from 1961. Now, this is one of those ones that is, you know... Uh, people put down as one of the worst movies ever made, like with Plan 9 from Outer Space, directed by Coleman Francis, written by Coleman Francis, stars uh, Douglas Malor, uh, Barbara Francis, who I'm sure, you know, a little nepotism maybe going on there, I don't know, Bing Stafford. um, And it also has Tor Johnson in it. uh, And he is actually the beast of Yucca Flats. And the one thing about this movie... Uh, I got it at um, I think Suncoast Video when it was still you know around and it was in our uh, one of our local malls and it was in the um, like a the, ch- the cheapy I don't know if they had a cheapy bin they just had cheapy movies mixed in and um, I thought it looked pretty cool uh, <laughs> which it is in a way you know um, it's it's so low budget that when they made it um, they didn't uh, make it with any audio at all. So they were just going to go in and dub everything. So when you watch it, uh, you know, realistic. You know, they they just they just shot it almost like a silent movie. So then when they dub in all the voices, so that they wouldn't have to, you know, spend a lot of money and make sure that all the voices, you know, matched up with the. Uh, with the lips on the screen and everything, when the when any of the characters would be talking, um, they would be talking when their back was to the camera, or if they were off screen, and then you have a narrator on there too. But Tor Johnson is—he was a ex-professional wrestler in real life, and he was um, the super Swedish super Swedish angel. And he made he was in you know quite a few movies I've seen some of them and usually plays like you know the the heavy or a circus strongman or uh you know something like that or a wrestler and I did see uh, one movie that he was in and I and he played like a wrestler and, and uh, I can't remember what comedian it was if it was Bob Hope or who it was they had a hold of him and um but it was funny because Tor Johnson in that had a um, had hair. So he looked completely different because if you look at him uh, um, in The Beast of Yucca Flats uh, and when he was Super Swedish Angel, he had his head shaved. And if you watch wrestling over the past, you know, however many years, he kind of looked like George the Animal Steel, except he was actually bigger because – and actually George the Animal Steel played him in the uh, Johnny Depp – Tim Burton movie with starring Johnny Depp – Ed Wood. And, uh, but Tor Johnson, like I said, was actually bigger. I think when he was on, uh, You Bet Your Life, uh, with Groucho Marx, uh, he came out and he was introducing himself to Groucho. And of course, Groucho's, you know, kind of, you know, making f- jokes and everything the whole time about his size and everything. And, um, I think he th- said he weighed like 380 pounds at the time. So he was about, you know, about as big as King Kong Bundy. Um, I'm throwing out all these wrestling references. But again, this is one of those ones that, like Ed Wood, I would watch just because it has a notorious um, uh, reputation as being... uh, What's this? Okay. It has a notorious reputation as being... you know, uh, 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 one of the worst movies ever made. Um, I, because I like wrestling, I've inter- I'm interested in, you know, watching anything, even back in the old days with, with old wrestlers in it and stuff like that. So, you know, it, again, I got it when I got it at Suncoast video, I bet you I paid like 99 cents or a dollar 99 for it. There was a couple of movies like that, that they were putting out at the time, had a nice new, uh, uh, flashy neon, uh, kind of uh, box collar art, uh, for it. Um, I would love to have a movie poster of the beast of Yucca flats. <laughs> I don't know why, but I think it would be cool. Let's see what else we have here. Okay. Speaking of one of the worst movies ever made, uh, I watched the Marine from 2006 starring John Cena Uh, Kelly Carlson, who is, whoa, she was on Nip Tuck. And when she was on that, she was hottest shit. And um, she is in, you know, the Marine. I think she is the one that married Ty Domi, the hockey player uh, that played for the um, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. And then he played for the Rangers, kind of a a cement head kind of guy. I always thought Domi kind of looked like um, um, a young Burt Reynolds. He was not a real big guy, but he was, he was uh, really tough and he could take a punch, but he didn't back down from anybody. I believe that that's who married Ty Domi because um, the chick that was in the girl next door, uh, Elizabeth, is it Elizabeth Cuthbert? She married uh, Dion Phaneuf, who was the captain of the Maple Leafs, the pylon. Uh, and then he went to the Senators. I don't know if he's still playing
1: or not now. Um, let's see. Please don't talk about love tonight. Please don't talk about a sweet love.
0: I was listening to some disco. <laughs> I have a disco um, Greatest Hits uh, CD in my car, and when I'm driving in my... Fucking stupid Bluetooth won't connect right away. I'll put, I have that actually just in my um, uh, CD player and I'll put it on and it has like a Andy Gibbs shadow dancing, the hustle, you know, do the hustle. And uh,
1: I never can say goodbye.
0: And let's see what else. She's a brick house. She's tomatoes, she be letting it all hang out. Cause oh, she's a prick. Um I love the nightlife. I got to boogie. And of course, every time I hear that, I think about um oh uh <laughs> what's his name that played Evil Can Evil, um, and that always had a tan. Um and he was in love at first bite. Love George Hamilton, love at first bite, and I think it was Laura Lauren Hutton. Because when they were dancing on the dance floor, it was, of course, during the uh, kind of disco phase in 1979. So it was after that. But they had a, a dance scene in that and uh, between uh, Dracula and uh, Lauren Hutton, and they're on the dance floor. And I don't think at the time she knew that he was a vampire. It's a comedy. It's like a lighthearted uh, comedy, uh, uh, romantic comedy or whatever. And they were playing,
1: I love the nightlife, I got to bogey, on the disco round, oh yay. Um,
0: And uh, what was the other one that um, is on there I listen to? There's another one on there I listen to all the time. Uh,
1: Don't know why I'm surviving every lonely day. There's got to be a better way. Blah, 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 blah.
0: (laughs) Uh,
1: Doesn't matter how I try. Am I strong enough to see you through? If I can't have you, I don't want nobody, baby.
0: It's funny when you... Some... some, um movies. There was one in Slapshot. It, the, Of course, there was the song, A Little Bit South of Saskatoon, but there was another song in Slapshot that every time I fucking hear it, it reminds me of, let's see, Slapshot Soundtrack, and it was a, it was like a one-hit wonder kind of a song. Um, Soundtrack, Slapshots. What was that? Oh, there, that's probably it right there. Uh, Slap Shot Soundtrack. God damn it. Just bring the thing up. I hate when I have to look. That's why, because I don't prepare. Prepare. Oh, Stevie Nicks. Oh, Rihanna. Uh... Right back where we started from oh
1: it's all right and it's coming home we gotta get right back to where we started from
0: that's because they were always they were minor league team and they were always on the bus traveling and then you know when they and when they would get home they're old ladies I was gonna ask somebody about that the other day you know uh, especially like some of the uh, women I don't even know if we have any women fans anymore. But even just on the groups and stuff, uh, when people used to call their girlfriend or their wife their old lady, and they would even say, eh, hey, my old lady," or the, you know, they would say the old ball and chain and stuff like that. It's kind of, I don't know. Uh, I guess it's you know, fairly derogatory. I I wonder if women, and I'm a dude, so I'm I'm just coming from a dude perspective. So I'm I'm not sure. Um, uh, you know what? What do women call their? Do they have a derogatory? Uh, and and it's like it's almost like a you know people would say that's a term of endearment when they say you know they have my old lady or you know uh, why does it sound like Nick Dolty when I say that and uh, oh, oh the old ball and chain you know I don't know maybe I have I just haven't dated anyone in a long time plus they probably never said it to you know to my face you always had those cute little nicknames. When you were when you're dating someone, you know when they call you pumpkin or honey all the time. I remember dating girls for Jesus Christ. You dated them for like two or three years or something, and 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 then realize that you've never like one time. Uh, it was a a girl that I dated for a real long time. We had been engaged and everything, and um, we were at the um, uh, record store. You know that you know uh, I don't know what I don't know if it was National Record Mart or what it was in the mall. And um, she was like, I was up at the counter and she said, she just called me by my name to come over and look at something. And, uh, and it just hit me. It was so weird because I was like, I don't hardly ever remember her calling me by my first name. It was always honey or something like that. So that's kind of weird. I don't know. That's probably just so they don't get screwed up uh, calling you somebody else's name. I'm so cynical but anyway The Marine with John Cena was awful Um, it's a WWE um, they produced it and uh, this is when they were were starting to, and I, I think I guess they're still doing it. Where they wanted to get into movies, and they made a lot of you know action movies predominantly, and, and some horror movies. Like Kane was in a horror movie. I think Triple H was in like a kind of a comedy where he was almost like a Mister Nanny kind of a thing. Um, who else? Stone Cold was in that one. Um, where they put him on the island and Vinny Jones and all those guys, they were all trying to kill him, which wasn't bad. Stone Cold wasn't, he couldn't act very good. I mean, very good. He couldn't act very well. And uh, I just remember that thinking, ah, for an action movie, that, that one's not that bad, but I didn't think he was a very good actor. He did a better job in the original Expendables, but he was more, <coughs> excuse me, that's the cough button. <laughs> better take a drink. He was actually better in the Expendables because he was Eric Roberts' uh, kind of muscle. So he didn't really say as much. He just looked menacing and 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 shit like that, which he kind of you know he did a good job of looking like a mean guy. John Cena in this one, um, he is really bad at acting in this. Um, and what's funny is when I was watching and I was like, oh my god, he he's almost the way he is acting in this is almost the way that mark Wahlberg acts um and but then you know i know he made that one comedy um was it amy schumer uh where he's her boyfriend and they're in like a movie theater and he starts getting into it somebody else in the theater and says you know i'll come down there and i'll fuck you in your ass and i'll get you down and i'll grab that big dick of yours and pull it off. So with something like that, where he's doing like a comedy thing, and I think he was more relaxed. In this one, he, se- he seemed like he was trying to act. So it really, he was bad. And then not only that, but he's so big, uh, you know, and pumped up on steroids and human growth hormone and shit that he looks abnormal, even like when he's on the Marine base and they're all like uh you know in a locker room or something you know getting dressed and shit, they all are built like normal human beings. And then Cena's there and he's got like twenty inch wrists. His hands look really huge and thick. Uh, you know his arms and everything. I mean, and and he's got that big square head. Um, there was some stuff in this like this one guy calls him the uh, one bad guy calls him a jar. You know, says something about you you jarhead brush cut motherfucker, whatever. Well, Cena really doesn't even have a brush cut in this, you know, so. Um, Robert Patrick was good in it. The villains were pretty good. Um, I think it was like, was it Ray Parker? Oh, Anthony Ray Parker. Uh, I don't know if that is like, you know, like Ray Parker Jr. Is that his? At one time when I was watching it, I thought it was Clarence the Cat, or what was it? Not Clarence. Clarence? Was it Clarence Miller? Uh, Ernest, Ernest the Cat Miller, the wrestler who had been like, a Eric Bischoff's karate instructor that became the cat that did kind of a, 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 James Brown kind of a thing. This is Anthony Ray Parker. Uh, he was pretty good. I'm just wanting to see if that is Ray Parker Jr.'s son, but I don't think it is. He was, he wasn't bad. Uh, like I said, um, um, Robert Patrick was really good in this. And he was also in another movie I'm going to talk about here in just a few moments on this little short episode. Hopefully it won't go like four hours. Uh, but Cena and, and the uh, this one, if you watch uh, Fast and the Furious and you can suspend disbelief, uh, in this movie, fire must not be hot uh, because, you know, people will get blown up and have a giant... Explosion with a giant fireball right behind them or seen at one point somebody blows up a a gas station that he is in. And this, the whole thing is consumed with flames, and he's laying on his back, and the flames go within inches of him. But of course, I guess since it doesn't touch you in movies, it's not considered hot. Where even if it was close, if it was that big of a flame and that intense, it would have probably singed off all his hair, probably gave him you know third degree burns and everything else. Uh, and some of the you know the stunts are—it's got a shitload of action in it, but a lot of the stuff's fairly ridiculous. Um, so it was bad. I, I didn't expect it to be as bad as it was, but it's funny when you take a whole bunch of people, when you take some, like put the main guy in a movie and he can't act at all. Uh, and it's like his first time and he's not just not a good actor. Then the guys that are professional actors really shine. You can tell, really tell the difference. And like I said, that Kelly Carlson, is, she was a little haughty. So let's move on from Senna. I watched uh, 1992's Digs, Digs Town. Uh This was directed by Michael Ritchie, and um, it was written by Leonard Wise from a novel called Diggstown Ringers. And um, it stars James Wood, Louis Gossett Jr., Bruce Dern, Oliver Platt, Randy Tex Cobb. Heather Graham is in this, and she's really hot. Uh, roller girl. Oh, they got a lot of other people. Oh, well, wow. Hoss Cartwright's son is in this. Um, no, no, no. That's another movie. I'm, I'm fucking getting fucked up. Jim Caviezel is in this. He has a really small role. He's one of the guys that um, basically what happens is uh, James Woods is a grifter. He's a con man who was in prison. And um, there is a guy, Bruce Dern, that um, kind of runs this little small town. Um and he loves to gamble, and he likes boxing. So James Woods figures out a way. They're going to try and uh, con Bruce Dern into having a tournament. And um, the you know uh, they were the the, the little town Digstown is known for this boxer um, who fought there that no is like supposedly nobody could ever even hardly touch. They couldn't beat him because he was so good but he ended up with brain damage and they were arguing about that in a bar and um uh somebody said something like you know ah, nobody's nobody's that good anymore th- th- cuz uh, that guy beat like 20 guys in one one night one after the other and you know James Woods or Oliver I think it was Oliver Platt says you know um you know I know a guy who's that good and they were like well, who is it and he mentions the name and everybody's like who the fuck's that i never heard of him what ends up is Lewis Gossett Jr. and um, he's he's in on it with him and everything, but he's a real good fighter. Uh, he's a o- kind of over the hill guy, you know. He's been around forever, but he's com- the 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 bet is the the twenty guys have to live in that little small town, uh, and and uh, then they are negotiating uh, Bruce Dern and. James Woods negotiate on what the rules are going to be. And uh, to give his guy, Louis Costa Jr., more of an advantage, he says, well, if he has to beat 20 guys in one day, there's 24 hours in a day. So he has 24 hours to beat all of them. It's not like where you're going to have a uh, uh, a um, fight card that might be two hours or three hours long. He has to beat one after the other. He has 24 hours to do it. So, um, But it's it's actually pretty good. And this is one of those ones that, um, it has, you know, it's got comedy in it, but it also has action and, and like the, the grift and all that stuff. Um, I actually enjoyed it. Um, again, this, uh, this is one of those ones that, you know, James Woods, uh, most of the movies that he's in, I think that he does a really good job. And also I, uh, I, I liked most of the movies that he picks good movies, but, you know, he's just a shithead in real life and one of those people that I think just, you know, uh, I hate to say that he ruined his own career by having his opinions, but I wonder if he's just not one of these guys that kind of ended up being a creep and nobody wanted to work with him. And then after a while, he started using that as an excuse, you know, because he's really out there and he's really, he he is a real super troll um, John Voight's kind of the same way, you know. Uh, but anyway, and Lewis Gossett Jr. was really good in this. And you know, I was going back and looking at Lewis Gossett Jr. and all the stuff. They they actually uh, he won an Oscar for best supporting for Officer and a Gentleman, where he played um, uh, the drill instructor to Zach Mayo, Richard Gere in um, Officer and a Gentleman, and they said that they actually uh, were thinking about. Casting Arlie uh, Ermey as that drill instructor uh, because he had been a drill instructor, but uh, the uh, director of that movie wanted Lewis Gossett Jr. So, Arlie Ermey uh, was the uh, technical advisor and, uh, and helping Lewis Gossett Jr. act like a drill instructor. And then they had another guy there who was also a drill instructor that actually did the job that uh, Foley did uh, in the movie where he was the drill instructor that actually trained people to become pilots, jet fighter pilots and everything. Uh, so there was two of them there, but this was funny is, uh, that's like Full Metal Jacket. They had another guy who was, uh, picked to be the, um, drill instructor in that movie who had been a drill, an actor who had been a drill instructor, and R. Lee Ermey was going to be like one of the technical advisors on the film, not just for the drill instructor stuff, but he was also in Vietnam. And then he went and read for the movie and everything, ended up getting the part. Uh, and the other guy who had the part and was supposed to play the part, they ended up giving it to Arlie Ermey. That guy ended up being the door gunner in Full Metal Jacket, the one that's like, get some. Get some, get some, and Matthew Modine says, uh, "You know, women and children. How can you shoot women and children?" And the guy goes, "It's easy. You just don't lead them as much." That guy was supposed to be the drill instructor, and or the army kind of uh, finagled his way in there to ha- to to uh, get that role, even though he didn't even have it at the time. But he had been in the the drill instructor in um, Boys from Company C before that. Let's see. So Digg's was really good. If you haven't seen it, I would recommend it. You know, it's it's kind of has a, a little bit of an 80s feel, even though it's 1992. But it's still a fun movie. It's it's kind of got some funny stuff in it. And again, um, Louis Gossett Jr., Bruce Dern's always good. You know, he plays a, a, a real jerk in this. Um, so that was pretty good. That one is on Prime. I watched Domino from 2019. I think I mentioned that one in the... Um, last show, not the William Smith, but the, the one before that, uh, that was one of the ones that I it, it just happened to pop up, and I was like, yeah, hey, I think I might want to check that out. I've never even heard of it. it um, I did not realize it when I was actually watching it until it was over, that it was directed by Bri- Brian De Palma, uh, written by Peter uh, Scav- Scavlan, and uh, it stars Nicolaj uh, Costa-Waldo And uh, Soren Malling, Sus Wilkins, Um, it seemed to be, where was this made? Denmark, I was going to say. I thought it was made in Denmark because, oh no, filming locations, Antwerp, Belgium. Uh, But when, like I was saying uh, the other day when I was watching it, uh, I was sitting there watching this movie and I realized that, okay, wait a minute. These aren't supposed to be. I I thought at first that um, Nicolaj and his partner were supposed to be like American cops in a foreign country, uh, like C, either CIA or military police or something like that. But they were actually, I guess, Belgium not Belgium cops. I think they were from Denmark. I think they were, I think they were Dutch. Uh, but the only other person in this that I had heard of that is an American actor is Guy Pierce. Uh, but this was pretty good. I I thought it was pretty good. Um, there was one guy in this. What was his name? Uh, Enrique uh, Enrique um, He was really good. He was He has a really striking presence. Uh, he kind of reminded me of. He was like a terrorist. Uh, and then, um, he, the, uh, some shit goes down with, um, Nicolas and his partner, uh, and, uh, they're going to this place and this guy is coming down the elevator and they're going up to see this guy and they look down and see, you know, blood on this guy's shoes. And then all kinds of stuff goes down that leads to, you know, the, the rest of the story. It wasn't great, but again, I, being that it was a Brian De Palma-directed movie, I was surprised that I hadn't heard of it. Um, but, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Like, again, it was worth a watch. It wasn't great. I would say it was, for me, a little bit better than average. If I wouldn't have known it was De Palma, I, I would have thought, okay, straight to DVD, uh, straight to digital download movie. Uh, that was worth a watch. I'm not sure it's a something that I would want to, you know, like revisit, Uh, or anything like that, but then I saw Brian De Palma, and for some reason that just adds, you know, because he was a great director, and uh, you know, you can kind of add that to his list of movies, and then grade it by the the stuff that came before, and is his career falling off, plus then when you're watching it, you know that he is always really into that um, kind of uh, voyeuristic kind of camera view and then when I and then when I knew it was him, and I'm thinking about some of the camera shots and some of the stuff that happened and how the perspective was of the camera and the people watching stuff, then I'm like, okay, you know, Brian De Palma, yeah, you you can see it once you know it. I watched Last Flag Flying uh, from 2017. I remember Loaf uh, saying that he watched this. Um, it it's a Richard Linkletter, Linklater movie written and directed. I did not know that until just now. Uh, and it stars Brian Cranston, Lawrence Fishburne, and Steve Carell. Uh, to be honest with you, I like, again, I didn't know it was Linklater. I liked Dazed and Confused. I did not like, um, um, the baseball one that they did in college. And it was a Van Halen song. Uh, Everybody wants some. I didn't like that one that much. I did like the Ethan Hawke movies. Um, And this one, it was just okay. And it was too fucking long. It was too fucking long. It's uh, two hours and five minutes, and it felt every bit of two hours and like 50 minutes or 45 minutes. It went on too long. Uh, I didn't. There were parts of it that were good, but I just did not think it was that good. I, I, the, um, the acting and stuff. I would, I would never watch it again. This again. I thought it was kind of a, sh- a slog. Um, I like Cranston, I like Steve Carell, and I like Larry Fishburne, but um, I don't know. I just, it just didn't really work for me that well, uh, and I would probably. For me, maybe a little, just a little bit below average. Uh, Worth a watch one time, I guess. Uh, But yeah, it didn't light my fire. This could have been like an hour and a half movie. And um, I, I don't know. I just didn't, it didn't do it for me. I watched The Woman from 2011. And um, I'm trying to think if we talked about, I remember Emily... Uh, and Christine talking about this, I think, one time, and they kind of introduced me to it from their podcast, and I watched it, and for some reason, I think it was on Prime, and I decided to watch it again. I did not know that this was the middle of a trilogy of movies, um, and so now I want to go back and watch the first one, and then watch the last one. Uh, This one was directed by Lucky McKee. Uh, It's based on these novels by um, the characters uh, from Jack Ketchum. Uh, It stars uh, Pollyanna McIntosh, and the way I knew her was she was on the first season of uh, the Happen Leonard um, series. And she was very striking in that because she was so imposing and so had this big mohawk and wore like a bustier and was you know a really big Amazonian woman uh, that uh, like fucking like to kill people <laughs> and uh, she's really kind of crazy. Also stars Brandon Gerald Fuller, Lauren Ashley Carter. Um, now this movie, it was very. The style of it, especially with the music, uh, was done very well, and it was it, it added a very strange edge to it. Um, I like the commentary, uh, you know, kind of what they were saying here. Again, I would like to go and watch the first movie. It was called Offspring, and um, let me look that one up. I want to give the 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 uh, date of when that one was made.
1: Whoops. 2009.
0: Okay, and Offspring is... Uh, yeah, okay, here's the synopsis. Um, and they're, believe me, all of these are rated R. And that one was directed by Andrew Den Houten. Again, uh, based on a uh, 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 character from uh, Jack Ketchum. Um, and it is... Against the backdrop of grisly murders and child abductions, a clan of cannibalistic savages which plagued the Northeast coast since 1858 is after an unsuspecting family and their innocent baby girl. Uh, do they have what it takes to survive? So it's kind of like is a you know a cannibal uh, family uh, kind of movie like um, Hills Have Eyes or uh, like in Bone Tomahawk. Um and um, again, um, what's her name? Pauline Polly, Polly uh, McIntosh is the woman in this, uh, the t- titular uh, woman from the second movie. And um, so I watched just a little bit of the trailer for that one. And, you know, it looks, you know, about what I expected. I want to see what else this dude directed now it looks like he the the guy that directed offspring is the guy that produced the woman and was he says he was an actor wonder okay he was in he was an actor he was in offspring and he was in the third one he was also in the the girl next door now is that the one where uh, let's see was the unspeakable torture and abuse committed on a teenage girl in the care of her aunt and the boys. Okay, now that one was remade a couple of times, and I, th- I, I read the book. Uh, this is John, John Ketchum's The Girl Next Door. I read the book about that, and there was another movie that starred, um, I believe it was, what's her name from um, Hard Candy? Ellen Page or Elliot Page now. Um, and uh, I think it was a true story, and it was pretty horrific, you know, what happened to that girl and everything, and uh, um, it was just kind of one of those things where uh, these people, uh, these kids, and the mother, I think, was like a, a real bad alcoholic and stuff, and these other kids bullied this girl, and then um, pretty much had her down in their basement, and they did all kinds of stuff, I mean, like rape and Torture and everything else—it was—it was just awful. Uh, and that when I, I remember reading about that, and then you know, thinking, God, I don't think I really want to even fucking watch this movie because it was so—you um, know—the the stuff that. How far are they going to go? And is this something that you really want to watch as entertainment? Uh, the one that Ellen Page was in was called *An American Crime* uh, and that one starred, uh, Elliot Page, I said Ellen, but, you know, at the time Ellen Page, but now Elliot Page, Haley McFarlane, Nikki Searcy, and that one was directed by Tommy O'Haver, and, uh, um, the, the mother, or the, I guess, aunt or whatever, was Kathleen, uh, Kath, Catherine Keener, uh, in that one, so, uh, it was very disturbing, um, uh, it's not one that I would ever watch again, uh, Michael O'Keefe was in that, who I talked about on the last show. That was the son in *The Great Santini*. Uh, Bradley Whitford. Who else? Ba, 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 ba. But uh, James Franco. Uh, you can sense a theme here of uh, the abuse, even like hard candy, like you know the uh, how you know some men in society and how some people can inhumanity to other people, but also to women. Um, The um, Offspring, I'll have to check that one out. I don't expect too much out of it. Uh, You know, if it was... um, The woman, like I said, I like the styling of it, and I like kind of what it was trying to say, because in the first movie, you have these cannibalistic uh, family who are just real violent and, you know, kill and eat people and everything else. And they're like savages. They're feral people, but in this one, they're kind of thrusting uh, the the woman, uh, Pollyanna McIntosh's character, into a small town, um, country kind of family. Um, and you you think, okay, you know, she is a savage. She is a feral woman who is almost like a a, a wild predatory animal, Uh, and then you see the ugly side of these um, suburbanite, uh, you know, the suburbanite family, and what lies underneath the facade that is their family. And uh, this one does have a lot of, uh, it's got nudity, it's got rape, it's got Lots of violence and uh, just really nasty, misogynistic, over-the-top, misogynistic, abusive stuff. Um, so, again, this is, uh, I've, I've watched it twice now. So, I mean, the, the first time, God, that was a long time ago. It's probably like seven years ago or something. Um, but um, I still thought it was pretty good. Now I want to watch the third one. Well, of course, I want to watch the first one, and for some reason, I don't know why I'm thinking that it won't be very good, that it'll be more of a low-budget movie. Uh, but the third one is from 2019, and it's called Darlin. And Darlin was the, in the second movie, that family that kind of, uh, Little country town suburbanite uh, family had a uh, little girl who was, you know, probably, I don't even know, if she would have been in grade school. And uh, it tells the tale of what happened to her after the woman. And it actually, the, the, um, the, uh, how they set it up and everything, it does look intriguing. I watched the trailer and I thought it looked like it would, might be pretty good. So, you know, just to, just to, uh, find out what happens and everything. And I'm sure that it will probably go along the same lines of being a really nasty ass fucking movie, uh, kind of a horror, you know, uh, crime movie. But, uh, the, the, the guy brand, let's see, um, no, 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 uh, this guy, Sean Bridger, Bridgers, he was really good as the dad of the family in this and, um let's see, Lauren Ashley Carter, uh, one of the daughters of the family, and um, Angela Bettis, she was um, the mother. And like I said, that Polly McIntosh, she was something else. I I was surprised because when I watched her in Happen Leonard, I was like, holy shit. And then I kept when I watched this movie, I kept thinking I've seen this name before. Who is this? And then when I looked her up, I was like, Oh, that's a chick from happen Leonard. And I think she is on the walking dead. So, but I don't watch that show. So I don't uh, know anything about it. Um, and I'm not going to get into watching them. Everybody watches it. All my friends watch it and everything. And of course it's been on forever. And, it's had spin-offs and stuff but i just don't again like i said before i don't want to get off into a series that i'm even if it's good that i'm going to be obsessed with and want to watch everything i it cuts way too much into my movie watching i watched uh 1969's sabata or the original title is uh ahi amico se sabata hai chuiso Uh, this was directed by Gianfranco uh, Parolini, uh, written by Renato Izzo and Gianfranco Parolini, starring Lee Van Cleef, William Berger, uh, Ignacio Spalla. Who's the chicken? She was very good looking. Linda Veras. Yeah, she was very attractive. Um. The guy, Marco Zwan, Zwanelli, he was in um, uh, My Name is Nobody. I, I just saw his face and I was like, okay, I remember that guy. Uh, and there was a guy, Ro- uh, Robert Hundar, who plays Oswald Stengel. And let's see, there was another guy in this that was a real douchebag. Uh, he was a real hoity-toity kind of a guy, but he was a really good uh, uh, shot, and he was the like the the main bad guy. And then there was an uh, a an Indian guy in this who was, of course, an Italian guy, Aldo Canti, who was a very he was very bouncy gymnastic kind of guy, gymnast. Um, I had never seen this before, and of course, I loved loved Lee Van Cleef in. Uh, for a Few Dollars More and Fistful of Dollars and then that Ninja TV show and then he played uh, Bob Halk in uh, uh, Escape from New York. Lots of different things that Lee Van Cleef was in uh, and so I decided this one was on Prime for free and I thought oh you know Spaghetti Western with Lee Van Cleef you know probably be pretty good. Plus I think I remember um, this is like a character like uh, Django that went through, like, several movies uh, the same character and, and at times played by different people. And I believe that Sabata later on was played by Yul Brynner, and I think he might have had a, a, a couple of uh, Sabata movies. Um, but anyway, Master Gunfighter teams up with a banjo-playing drifter and a Mexican tramp uh, to foil the town leaders of Doherty, da- 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 Texas, uh, who want to steal $100,000 from their own bank uh, to buy land that the approaching railroad will, cro- will cross. Lee Van Cleef is pretty cool in this. Um, sort of like a Douglas Mortimer from um, uh, for a few dollars more kind of a character. Kind of dresses the same way. He's got uh, several different guns, that, are, and some of them are kind of uh, there's one specifically that's like a derringer, but it's not just an over and under uh, two shot derringer. It's got like uh, four barrels on it or something, uh, and that's his uh, pistol of choice. Although he does use, I think a uh, uh, you know a Colt um, Peacemaker too, and then he has a, a, a lever action rifle uh, that uh, you know they'll they'll say something about oh nobody can. Nobody can hit somebody that far away. So he must be like an expert marksman because he can shoot fucking people real long ways away and everything. Got a pretty hot chick in it who is in love with banjo. Banjo is William Berger. He looked familiar. I'm sure, it sounds like a, man, a, a uh, German actor, Austrian actor. Uh, I believe he was in uh, uh, James, or uh, Fra- not James Franco, Franco Nero's Kioma. Uh, Uh, He was also in Hercules, I think. Is that the one with fucking Lou Ferrigno? I think it is. Yeah. Uh, Luigi Cosi, uh, starring Lou Ferrigno, Sybil Danning, and Brad Harris. He must have been pretty old in that one. That's 83. Um, What else was he in? William Berger.
1: Boot hill, boot hill. So cold, so still. Why
0: at ERP they say sodomized Doc Holliday at the gunfight of OK Corral? Oh, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots. This motherfucker worked more than Mike Mazurki, but he does not have. Let's see, Mike Mazurki had 170 credits. William Berger has 149. He's got a lot, but he wasn't an ex wrestler. Uh, 1993, William Berger was in Jungle of Fear as Dr. Quasimodo. Let's go back and see. That's probably. I'm sure it's a lot of maybe spaghetti. but a lot of TV, uh, Italian TV. It looks like. I wanted. I wish um, IMDb would have something where you could click on when it says actor. You could click on that, and it would uh, separate them from by TV and by uh, uh, movies. Let's see, Dirty World. A lot of these I've never even heard of. Kioma, of course, that's the one with Franco Nero. <laughs> the pull of, The pull of his fingernails. That was a quote, direct quote from The Salamander with Franco Nero. And Martin Balsam, I think that was his uh, friend and... Uh, the fascists the fascist uh captured a friend and pulled off his fingernails. sabata he played banjo banjo was kind of a, annoying to me banjo had been in, on fought on the southern side of the civil war and sabata had fought on the northern side of the civil war but they knew each other and they were kind of friends but there's like a um there's a kind of a a little bit of, uh, friends, but there's some stuff under the, under the covers there that, uh, they, you know, can be, could be mean that, uh, it could go either way, but, uh, definitely, uh, Sabata is, a, definitely a big baby face. I don't see anything else that I recognize here. Kung Fu Brothers in the Wild West, that sounds interesting. William Berger. He's the, he's the head of it. I think that they were trying to kind of make him like maybe like a Terrence Hill kind of a guy or a, uh, who's the fucker that had the blonde hair and the mustache that looked like, um, uh, uh, like a blonde haired Chuck Norris in the Italian, um, not as much Westerns, but the Italian crime movies, uh,
1: Uh uh. Hootie uh. dooty dooty Who am I thinking of?
0: God damn it. I'll never find the fucker now, so I don't know why I'm looking goo. I'm looking at Live Like a Cop, Die Like a Man, but that's not the guy I was looking for. Oh uh, well. Anyway, that's a good movie. Live Like a Cop, Die Like a Man. You guys should check that one. Oot, which I'm sure everybody has seen that, including Johnny. Why don't you go watch Alan Ladd and Charles Bronson, Johnny, or um, Darlin? When this, that, that doesn't even have a synopsis. It's uh, directed by Ban Yee Yeo, uh, written by Nagi Han, Tu Lung Lee, Carlo uh, Mangkori, starring William Berger, Jason Pia Pia, and Donald O'Brien. That's the Kung Fu... Uh, Kung Fu... Cardesler, or altrimenti vi amuciamo. See, I speak Italian. Incredible mess co-produced between Italy and Hong Kong, where the story looked a lot more serious. Two Chinese brothers and the wife of one of them run run from China to the U.S. to avoid vengeful wrath of their grandpa. And they spelled grandpa G R A M space P A, um, so maybe it means something else in Chinese. There, there instead they have to fight a sword band of outlaws led by another Chinese and a blonde white man, a truly a truly boiled burger, <laughs> a boiled burger, who uh, looks less ready to get into the just uh, just Franco movies he'll be in. Okay, well, yeah, whatever. Uh, they said it's shitty, and it was a Golden Harvest um, movie produced. I uh, just like the title. That's like when you go to the horse racing track. I was talking to my um, brother-in-law the other day, and he, they like to go gamble and stuff, go to casinos and things. And I said, you know well, we used to go to when we were younger, like in college and just out of high school, we would go to the dog track or go to um, the horse track, horse racing. Um, and I would never bet because I like my money and I don't want to just, uh, just blow it, but I like animals. So I would go plus a lot of the places they would have, you know, you could order dinner and sit there and watch the races and everything. But again, I'm the kind of guy that when I would go to the racetrack, um, I never knew, I never followed the horses. Uh, they have the little magazines that tell, You know what the horses have done in the last several races and everything. I'm the dumb dummy that would go and just try and find a name that looked like something like uh, that I would be think was cool, and then hope there would be some kind of you know like Kung Fu Brothers in the Wild. If a horse was named Kung Fu Brothers in the Wild West, you know I would immediately that would catch my eyes. Like, okay, I got to put like five dollars down on that. Um, but you know, that used to be fun. And I remember going to see some of the horse races and while they were warming the horses up, some of these girls, the women, I guess, maybe that were the, the, the people that, um, uh, were the people that took care of the horses and maybe trained them or something like that would be like riding some of the horses just along the, the fence line and nobody would be racing or anything. And they would have on these real tight fucking riding pants and those knee-high fucking black boots and the little helmet thing and look really hot. So there's a way to, you know, you can go do stuff and have fun. Strike Commando. He was in Strike Commando. William Berger. Okay, so I know that. Um, That was Red Brown.
1: (sighs) What's are you doing, Johnny? Why did you start this episode? You don't have enough to talk about. Goo. (laughs) goo.
0: Okay, William Berger. He was Banjo.
1: His hair looked kind of
0: like it wasn't real, like he had a wig on. Uh, and uh, the guy, uh, Ignazio Spala, uh, he kind of reminded me of Dump in uh, the... What the fuck was that movie called? Did it have the guy Dump? <laughs> oh, what the heck was that called? I'm at the good the gentleman to Midnight Cinema, and I actually own it, and it's downstairs, and it is called back black fall back <laughs> okay I know how to figure it out I will find this because the one dude that was in it played blowfeld I think he was the first blowfeld first blowfeld and eh, no that's it wasn't uh, it was not uh, but you never saw his face. Uh, what's his name? Donald Pleasance played him, but that was when you saw Blofeld's face. The original Blofeld uh, that you did not see his face was Harry Saltzman. No, that's a fat guy.
1: Oh, there you are, Johnny. Jean Warrick? Nope.
0: Mm, There was a Blofeld that you never saw him, and he was in the goddamn fucking movie I'm thinking of, and I must find him so that I can carry on and find Blofeld, you motherfucker.
1: You son of a bitch in Blofeld.
0: Nope, that's not him. Anthony Dawson, that's not him. Donald Pleasance, Pleasence. Jana... Talisa
1: Boot Hill.
0: Okay, now wait a minute. Maybe he was the voice. They showed somebody else, and he was the voice. Anthony Dawson, as an actor, only hands and back of head were seen. And Eric, uh, Eric Pohlman, a voice actor in the end credits, lists a question mark instead of the actor's name as Ernst Blofeld. Is it yeah, I think it was this. Uh, Anthony Douglas Gillian Dawson was a Scottish actor better known for his supporting roles in uh roles as villains in Alfred Hitchcock's Dial In for Murder, Midnight Lace, and uh, as well as playing Professor Dent in the James Bond film Dr. No, Dr. No. he also appeared as Ernst Stavro Blofeld. Yada, yada, yada. Let me look this fucking fucker up. That's him. He just is younger there. He was skinnier in the other one. Uh, The movie was called... That had Dump. It was probably in the 1960s to maybe close to 70s. That movie was called Deadlock. Deadlock. That's the one that has Dump. And Deadlock is a really good movie if you haven't seen it. It is sort of a spaghetti western, but it takes place more in... Uh, modern times, but it's out in the desert in a kind of a shitty place. Uh, And uh, what's-his-face? Plays Dump, Mario Adorf. Uh, It's a really good movie. Um, Let's see. Deadlock is a 1970s West German spaghetti western directed by Roland Kick. Is it Click? Roland Click Uh, is perhaps best known today for the soundtrack supplied by the German rock band Can, the songs Can wrote for the film are found on 1970s Can album soundtracks. Today, Deadlock is considered a cult classic. It is definitely a cult classic. I bought that one f- fucking from other means. Uh, I can't remember who was selling them at the time, and they would burn them onto uh, DVD. It's a good movie. Uh, he was also in the Velacci Papers. He was in Red Sun. Jigsaw Man. Jigsaw Man, was that uh, Michael Caine? Or, yeah, Michael Caine and Lawrence Olivier. Uh, for some reason, at first, I was thinking it was Paul Newman. Uh, the Ghoulies 2. Ghoulies 2? I don't think I saw Ghoulies 1. Uh, must have missed it. Anyway, but that guy, that guy there, he's the one. I like uh, reading on Wikipedia all the James Bond uh, legend stuff uh, where they have like the backstories and they have. Uh, things and villains from the books that were not Ian Fleming books. They have everything, and you can get on there and find all kinds of interesting. Same thing when when you look up a lot of the Godfather stuff. There was a lot of books that were written uh, after Mario Puzo's Godfather, and then like the video games and stuff. But you'll find like legends that they built up around some of the characters that are pretty cool, and storylines that happened that weren't like ca- actually canon because Mario Puzo didn't write it, but when you go back and read, you know, okay, this is what Luca Brazzi was doing before The First Godfather and why he had his reputation. Uh, Some of the... um, They have one, a book that was all about... It was actually... Took place before The First Godfather, and it talked about, like, Sonny and Tom Hagen when they were growing up. And uh, the olive oil wars and things like that. So there's a lot of stuff on there. You can, if you have time, you're just sitting around and want to look up some cool stuff. And that chick that was in that movie was very hot. So I I did want to take a few moments to look her up. Linda Varis was born in 1939 in uh, Balzano, Italy. She is an actress known for sexy gang, romance, a horse thief, and virgin of the jungle. Yeah, she don't look like a virgin of the jungle to me. Uh, has been in a relationship with Mal. Who is Mal? Mal? There was a somebody just named Mal. And who was Mal? Mal was born uh, February 27, 1946, in Oxford, England, as Paul Bradley Cowling. He is an actor known for Amore Formula 2. La crime de More, uh crossing borders. Why? Well, I guess he wanted to be maybe like Madonna and just have a one-word name. But he had that chick uh, Linda Veros, and she was a very attractive woman. This dude was only in three movies. The ones that I just mentioned were the ones that he was in. And he must maybe he he must be like a singer because uh, it says um, there was like he has one, two, three. I think four albums where he's singing different songs and also uh, lots of TV um, stuff, but he is as himself, so he must have been on there singing. Or maybe, well, if he's playing himself, he must have been there. Mal. I don't know who that fucker is, Mal. Hey, Mal. What are you doing? Let's see. Maybe he was the Desi Arnaz Jr. of uh, fucking movies. She was, I wonder if they have any hot pictures of her. You know, where you can find like she kind of looks like Faye Dunaway. Hot Faye Dunaway in some of these pics. Wow. I'm gonna have to post some pictures of her on the uh, on the uh, thingy. Save as Linda Veras. Mm, you're a you're a doll baby. This show goes nowhere, but people still listen. They clamor for this show, even though it sucks. Now I'm talking right back into the mic again, because I noticed that the little feedback things were kind of small, and now I have my lips right up against the uh, spongy thing that covers my mic. So if all of a sudden you had your thing turned up, now, now Dr. Zom brings the power. Power, power, power. That's my Bigfoot, Bigfoot. Uh, monster truck racing voice, Doctor Zom does. I talk about myself in the third person. Doctor Zom is a cop who's a lethal weapon. Mel Gibson's a douche. Anyway, uh, Sabata. Sabata was pretty good. It was it was entertaining. It wasn't. Uh, it was a second tier spaghetti western. It wasn't up there with uh, some of the finer ones. The next movie I watched, I I don't think I had ever heard of, but I found it on Prime. And because I like the one character, the one actor, I was like, I want to watch this. It was from 1985, called Trouble in Mind, and it stars Chris Christopherson. And I thought, ah, you know, eh, you know, I might check this one out. It's directed and written by Alan Rudolph. Now, I definitely wanted to look him up to see what else he did, because he has a certain style uh, that reminded me, in this movie, Um the, the, the style kind of reminded, or the setting where it took place, and the, the world that it took place in reminded me of the same world that uh, Streets of Fire, with Tom Cody and Ellen Aim and uh, Raven Shattuck and all them uh, lived in. Uh, let's see, did Premonition, Terror Circus, Welcome to L.A., Roadie is that the one with Meatloaf?
1: Everything works if you let it, if you let
0: it in your heart. Meatloaf, Khaki Hunter, Art
1: Kearney. Uh,
0: Don Cornelius, that was Soul Train, dude. Don Cornelius, I can dig it. Joe Spano from Hill Street Blues. I have, um, there's Ramblin' Jack Elliott. Roy Orbison, Hank Williams Jr., I have um, Roadie on VHS down in my basement. I think I bought that at a pawn shop in Indianapolis when we were up there running around. Written by Big Boy Medline, Michael Ventura. They must have been Rodies and they wrote a movie about Rodies, But I just remember Cheap Trick was uh, on that soundtrack. Endangered Species. That was Robert Urich, Robert Yurk, uh Joe Beth Williams, and Paul Dooley. Uh, Robert Yurk left us way too early. He had cancer. Uh, Hoyt Axton, he's an interesting character. If you uh, watch um, um, Lewin Davis, Inside Lewin Davis, uh, and you start researching some of these um, old folk singers from back in that day and how they all hung around each other and like The Village and everything. Hoyt Axton, I always thought of him as a country songwriter and he, um, just kind of had an idea of what kind of person he was, but he was a like a very legendary folk singer and cokehead. <laughs> he liked the cocaine big time. He, he even has a song called Cocaine, which is pretty good. And a lot of his uh, music is pretty good. Peter Coyote, I really like him. Uh Gaylord Sartain, he was on Hee Haw. What am I looking at here? Oh, endangered Species. Uh, about a retired New York cop on vacation in America, in the American West who was drawn into a female sheriff's investigation. Mysterious mysterious series of cattle killings. I remember this being on TV, but I don't know. I don't remember it being in the theater, but it might have been. I just don't. Songwriter, was that Chris Christopherson? Yeah, Chris Christopherson and Willie Nelson. Uh, This is still Alan Rudolph as the director. They're calling us heathens
1: with zero respect for the law. But we're only songwriters just writing our songs and that's all. We write what we live and we live what we write. Is that wrong? And if you can't see that, Mr. Music Executive, why don't you write your own songs? But don't listen to mine. They might run you
0: crazy. They might make you dwell on the fe- on your feelings before a moment too long. I fucked up the words. They were making you rich. And you were already lazy. So just lay on your ass and get richer or write your own songs. Uh, I have that album. It's Waylon and Willie. Uh, But this stars uh, Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson, Rip Torn, uh, who was also with Chris Christopherson in um, that there movie about the Border Patrol and uh, JFK assassination and all that shit. Who else is in this? This seems like one of those uh, kind of love letters to the songwriter, kind of dudes that Chris and all of them hung out with back in the day. Ramblin' Jack Elliott had a lot to do with it. Jeff McKay, he was on Black Sheep Squadron or Ba Ba Black Sheep. Leslie Ann Warren, uh, Willie Nelson uh, actually Willie and Chris uh, turned out to be pretty good actors. Willie was in some good movies too, like Barbarossa and uh, Redheaded Stranger and uh, or Honeysuckle Rose. Redheaded Stranger was the album. Uh, but anyway, this was Doc Jenkins. Willie Nelson is a singer songwriter who tries to leave uh, his singer songwriter roots to be a music mogul and gets tangled up in bad publishing deals. He enlists a team of cronies, including a young singer and his former singing partner, Blackie Buck, Chris Christofferson, and together they execute their plan to get out of the deal. Uh, I, th- I, I know I've seen that one. It was a long time ago, but uh, yeah. It seems like um, this dude that I'm talking about, this director, Alan Rudolph, there's, okay, you had Rody. And then you had uh, Songwriter and some other stuff that where he is working with some guys in the music business. Trouble in Mind is the movie I watched with Chris uh, that I said kind of reminded me of a Streets of Fire type of uh, world that they live in. I thought this was pretty good. It was pretty entertaining. I'd never heard of it. I liked the style of it. It's a, definitely a noir uh, or a neo-noir Um and it also, uh, when I first started watching it, I thought it was Daryl Hannah, but it's Lori Singer, who used to be around quite a bit and was a big, pretty big thing. She was in Footloose, and she was also in that movie FTW with Mickey Rourke. Uh, Keith Carradine is in this. He's really good, and he has some really good looks in this. Um, also, Divine is in this. Um, plays Hilly Blue, uh, who is like one of the main sort of baddie kind of people. Jean-Viev Uh Also, um, Dirk Blocker. When I said, uh, I was talking about another movie, and I said, oh, uh, Hoss Cartwright's son is in this. Dirk Blocker is in this, who was also in Baba Black Sheep, a.k.a. Black Sheep Squadron. Urp. Dig it. Dig it. Alan F. Nichols is in this, and he was in Slapshot. He's kind of like a D-Day kind of a character. When you watch Slapshot and you see him... Uh, then you start looking, or uh oh uh, well, what's his name, Kevin Teague from uh, Emergency. You know him from a certain thing, and then you realize, oh shit, that's that guy because he got older and you've seen him in a million things but didn't realize it was the same person. But uh, this movie called uh, Trouble in Mind is pretty good, and I think uh, a lot of Yun's guys would like it. So you probably want to f- seek it out. It is on Prime, and you can stream it for... Uh, I always want to say you can stream it for free, but you're paying for your Prime, but you know you get to watch a lot of stuff on there without having to rent. Um, so it's a good movie. I liked it a lot. I liked the style of it, and uh, I liked the story and everything. But that other dude... Where, where, oh, goddamn, you mother effer. Fuck you, fuck me. You fucked me... I need to get back to the Alan Rudolph. I wanted to, I have some time here now because, again, I uh, <sighs> had to do a second show because I talked too much in the last one. Made in Heaven. What is this? Okay, that's uh, Timothy Hutton. He was a big thing there for a while. Now, he was on a TV show uh, where they he, they were like a little gang of con men. Uh, but I remember when Timothy Hutton, when he was in Taps and uh, Turk... Uh, 182, and a bunch of different stuff. He was a big dude there at one time. And I always liked him because I liked his dad, Jim Hutton, who was in the Green Beret and Hellfighters with uh, John Wayne. Kelly McGillis is also in this. Maureen Stapleton. And this one was called what? Made in Heaven from 1987. Oh, and and uh, Timothy Hutton was also in... Uh, not knight of the generals. What was the one with the general's daughter with a uh, Travolta? I'm gonna move this mic and it'll probably go boom, boom, boom. I need to get it out of my nose. Uh, Mayor Winningham, Amanda Plummer. She was always a good actress. A kind of an odd duck. Neil Young, Tom Petty. Again, uh, lots of uh, musical people. Music actor Rico Casick. So this guy must have had some connections, or he had a a, a big interest in. Um, music because a lot of his movies he uses uh musicians and uh let's see after being dumped by his girlfriend, a boy runs away to California but he ends up uh in heaven because he dies after trying to help a family from drowning in a river in heaven. He'll meet a beautiful girl who was never reincarnated before. And you know, something my bifocals with this mic microphone right in front of me it, it causes a problem. That's why I was I'm gonna. Maybe if I flip it so it's facing up. Let me flip it. Put it down and flip it so it's under my chin instead of hanging like a boom mic because it gets in my way. That's better. Bitter. Mortal Thoughts was, uh, I think, uh, Demi Moore and Bruce Willis. And um, that was a movie that had some had to deal with like some very tough uh, situations of, not domestic abuse, but like... Uh, uh, rape and stuff like that. Um, I saw that one on TV or on HBO, I believe it was a good movie, but it does, it does have a, uh, kind of a hard subject to deal with. It needs to be dealt with, but, uh, let's see. So he did that one. Who else is in that? Harvey Keitel. He was a cop in that investigating. I like Harvey Keitel. I want to watch the movie about, um, Oh, uh, Meyer Lansky that just came out, uh, about, uh, uh, starring Harvey Keitel as Meyer Lansky. There are several movies that are on, that are out now for rent that I missed in the theater or, you know, that I want to see. I just, I just hate when I have these streaming services, I hate, uh, renting stuff now because I'll rent something. And then the next thing, you know, like the next day, the fuckers on a streaming site or something, but, and there's so much to watch equinox. I don't know what that is. Matthew Modine. Again, he's like, a uh, Timothy Hutton. He was a really big thing there for a while. Loved him in, um, that Rasslin movie, Vision Quest, uh, and uh, full metal jacket, uh, Laura Flynn Boyle, who I always thought was really pretty, but then she, she was one of these ones that just got so super skinny. Fred Ward. What is this? Twins separated at birth are living opposite lives are about to learn of each other and the substantial inheritance they are entitled to. So does Matthew Modine play two characters? Laura Flynn Boyle, who else? Kevin J. O'Connor, he looks familiar. Lori Singer, who was also in the, the, that, um, Chris Christopher's in the movie, that M. Chris Christopherson movie, M.M. Walsh, Gaylord Sartain. So this dude also must have, uh, No, he must have, been a fan of country music because Gaylord Sartain was on Hee Haw and he was kind of a uh, redneck country uh, kind of a comedian, uh, comic actor. Emmett uh, Walsh, Dirk Blocker again. Now, how many times have you seen fucking uh, Hoss's son and now all of a sudden he's in all these fucking movies I'm talking about? So, again, but, you know, a lot of directors, they they find people they like to work with and they use them. Keith Carradine. He used Keith Carradine again, who was uh, one of the one of the stars of that Chris Christopherson movie. Linda Fiorentino, Wallace Shaw. This is called The Moderns. A struggling artist is hired to forge paintings, causing him to cross paths with his ex-wife and her powerful new husband. Uh, the The uh, forge paintings always kind of reminds me of American Friend with uh, Dennis Hoppe and Bruno Gans. Uh, Linda Fiorentino. Fiorentino again. That's another person that was huge at one time, and she was also in Vision Quest with Matthew Modine. Uh, gotcha After Hours. Yeah, I remember she was in After Hours. She was uh, what's her name's um, uh, roommate who wore the leather uh, miniskirt, uh, per, uh, Rosanna Arquette. Uh, Men in Black, Dogma, Last Seduction. She she made some hot movies, and they were hot movies, but they didn't necessarily have to have like a bunch of nudity and fucking in it. They were just hot. Uh, Jean-Vivien Bougeau is also in this, so he liked uh, Keith Carradine, Jean-Vivien Boujou, Gaylord Sartain. Throw so, in fucking Hoss's son. How come he didn't get on that movie? K k We want Hoss Junior. I like Dan Blocker. I always liked him when I was a little kid. Haas was my favorite. Everybody liked Little Joe, but I liked Haas. Little Joe never once gave it away. Okay, now Alan Rudolph was the director of a movie called Love at Large, starring one of my favorites, Tom Berenger, Elizabeth Perkins, Ann Archer. Uh, Kate Capshaw, she was a hottie at one time. Mrs. Spielberg. I like Ted Levine. I always like him. She's like a great big fat person uh was he yeah he was buffalo bill again kevin j o'connor he's in this one he was in like a bunch of the other ones neil young again gaylard sartain dirk blocker i'm telling you this fucker has a connection man i'm gonna put it all together it's the illuminati man annette O'Toole. uh what's this one about Vampish Miss Dolan hires hard-boiled P.I. PI, Harry Dobbs. Harry Dobbs. That sounds like a familiar character name uh, to tell. Wasn't he a. Wasn't that Charles Bronson in Rider on the Rain? Harry Dobbs. Okay. Vampish uh, Miss Dolan hires a hard-boiled P.I. Harry Dobbs to tell her shady boyfriend. Harry realizes that the man leads a double life. But then um, his client disappears. Uh, Harry teams up with his with his own tail, P.I. Stella Winkowski, uh, to clear things up. Now, who is Stella? Stella is Elizabeth Perkins, who was a hottie back in the day. Uh, wasn't she? Am I mistaking her for somebody else? I was thinking of the chick that was in Once Upon a Time in America. Was that Elizabeth Perkins? She played Wilma Flintstone in 1994. So it's not the same person. That was Elizabeth somebody else. (laughs) How do I figure that out? Uh, uh, Once upon a time in America. America, Johnny. Elizabeth uh, mcgovern i wanted to say mcgowan who was elizabeth mcgowan wasn't there elizabeth mcgowan i'm like i'm talking to, to fucking having a conversation with you guys and you're you're you can't answer me you are probably answering me saying you dumb fuck this is what it is are you losing your goddamn marbles dipshit elizabeth perkins was she in red no that was uh somebody else too she was in Glow. She played Bertie Howard in Glow. That was a TV series. I could, I like wrestling and and for some reason maybe I just uh I just didn't get into that. Okay, she was in Weeds. I need to find something that will tell me who Elizabeth Perkins is right away. Like a big movie. I I didn't see the Flintstones movie. About Last... Oh, she was Joan in About Last Night. That was the first thing she was in. I remember Joan. That was a good movie, About Last Night. My sister and I love that movie. And Loaf and I reviewed it. Not the Redhead. You fucked the
1: Redhead!
0: Yeah, Joan. Okay, I like Joan. She was she was good. She should have got with uh, Jim Belushi's character in this. But I like uh, Tom Berenger And uh, and I guess maybe I missed this one. So I'm going to make a little note to check that one out. And Harry Dobbs, I want to look up something because I think that character, Harry, Harry Dobbs, love, love, who was Harry Dobbs, love, love, Harry Dobbs. Okay, well, he was a character in Marvel Comics, but that's not what I'm looking for. Let me go to IMDb and just put in Harry Dobbs. Does it have characters? Can you look up characters? Hey, Harry Dobbs. Well, maybe it's just the same name, but okay. Let's look up Rider on the Rain. Rider, I love that movie, Rider on the Rain. And Charles Bronson's name was Colonel Harry Dobbs. Okay. So it might not be the same character, but it might be. Maybe it's from a, a some a series of books or something, because he was in in Writer on the Rain. He was a um, uh, an army um, investigator. He didn't wear a uniform or anything, but he was a an army investigator. And in um, this one, he is a hard boiled uh, PI, Harry Dobbs. So it might be like the same character that somebody. You know, I'd like to think that. That'd be kind of cool. Okay. Tom Berringer. I always like Tom Behringer. Choose me. Jean-Vierre Bougeau, Keith Carradine. That's two people that were in the Chris Christopherson movie again. Let's see if they have Gaylord Sartain. Yes, Gaylord Sartain again. And this guy, John Considine. He was in the one with Christopherson, and he is showing up in all this guy's movies too. And also Henry G. Sanders. Okay, so again, Radon Chong. She was a little haughty back in the day. Uh, It's not my way to love you just when no one's looking. Okay, it's Keith Carradine. Whatever, you don't give a shit. You don't care about me. (laughs) Okay, this one was called Remember My Name from 1978. Just released from prison, a young woman arrives in town to start a new life, but soon begins stalking a married construction worker for no apparent reason, turning his life inside out and eventually terrorizing him and his wife. Starring Geraldine Chaplin, Anthony Perkins, and Moses Gunn. So this might have been before he uh, met Gaylard Sartain. Moses Gunn. Barry Bur Ber- Berenson. Who's she? She looks like she might be hot. She was in Cat People. She was in Winter Kills. And if she's the chick that uh, Jeff Bridges was fucking in that movie, maybe? Oh, did she marry Jeff Bridges? Is that the chick that uh, he met on the movie and fucking married?
1: It's not my way, love, it
0: just... No, spouse, Anthony Perkins. Uh, I'm sure that was a uh, a humdinger. Well, I guess he he went both ways, so... um, And then after he, was he not Ty Harden? Who was the guy that he was with that was the big heartthrob that was gay? And then he broke his heart and uh, decided he was going to marry a woman. Must have been this woman. She's cute though. Uh, Bernson met her husband, actor and star of Alfred Hitchcock's original Psycho. uh, On the set of uh, his film, Play It As Play it as it lays, nineteen seventy two. Well, she's kind of cute, so but um, I'm not that interested. I'm gonna move. Up. I'm gonna back out. Tim Thomerson, Jeff Goldblum, uh, Alan Autry. He was the dude that played Bubba on the TV show in the Heat of the Night that was in uh, North Dallas Forty and also in Southern Comfort. Dennis Franz. Okay, this guy's a pretty interesting director. I'm I might watch some of his movies here. Because, like I said, I like the Christofferson movie a lot, okay? Here's another one with Keith Carradine that he did called Welcome to L.A. from 1976. The lives and romantic entanglements of a group of young adults who have achieved overnight success in Los Angeles. Sally Kellerman. Keith Carradine's a star Sally Kellerman. Geraldine Chaplin. He's had her in a couple of movies. Harvey Keitel is in this. Uh, Denver Pyle. That's Briscoe Darden. Sissy basic that's kind of cool. John Constantine again. Um, Ron Silver. Also, that Alan F. Nichols who was in Slapshot I was talking about. A boot. A boot. It's funny how we would say stupid shit on um, Sylvan Gold and then we just say it all the time now and it doesn't mean anything. Uh, let's see. Terror Circus from 1974. I'm going backwards to his older stuff here. Uh, this doesn't, let's see. Three show girls on their way to Las Vegas have stuck all night or stuck all night in a car when their car or started stuck all night when their car breaks down. Uh, the next morning a man offers them help, but he's really a maniac. His mother abandoned him when he was a child and now he keeps, uh, women he's kidnapped chained in his barn. Well, that's fucked up. You're not supposed to, you shouldn't do that. Uh, This doesn't this must have been when he first started because there is nobody that I've ever even heard of in this. So maybe we're going in the wrong direction. I wonder if anybody has seen this uh, Terror Circus um, or its original title was Nightmare Circus. Andrew Prine, Manuel Thies and Sherry Alberoni. I had to fill my baby pool back up again. It must have a little leak in it that has all my tadpoles in it. I'm going to go back. This way, Mrs. Parker and the Vicious Circle from 1994. Oh, that must be a document. Maybe that's a doc. No, not a documentary. It's stars Jason, Jennifer Jason Lee, Campbell Scott, and Matthew Broderick. What's this? A boot? Dorothy Parker remembers the heyday of the Algonquin Round Table, a circle of friends whose barbed wit, like hers, was fueled by alcohol and flirted with the despair. It looks like a. Uh, maybe based in the silent films time period. Peter Gallagher, Jennifer Beals. Where is Gaylard Sartain? He might've been dead by now. Gwyneth Paltrow, Lily Taylor. I was just talking about Lily Taylor. Uh, Martha Plimpton. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael Rappaport used to date Lily Taylor. And apparently he, when they broke up, he stalked her and uh, was threatening her and stuff. So she had to get a, uh, court order for her him to leave her alone, and he pled guilty. Andrew McCarthy is another one that was a real big thing at one time. Uh, Nick Cassavetes. No, gay Sartane. Sartain. Heather Graham again. Oh, she has very milky white thighs. Afterglow. What's this daddy-o? Nick Nolte, Julie Christie, and Laura Flynn Boyle. Hmm. A handyman with marital problems meets a housewife with the same. I like McNulty. i never heard of that. 1997. Maybe I'll make a little notation. I love Julie Christie. I always thought she was really attractive, uh, even though she had the stank of Warren Beatty all over. Johnny Lee Miller. That was the first uh, Mr. uh, Angelina Jolie. Uh, Again, no Gaylord Sartain.
1: Maka, maka, maka.
0: I don't know if that'd be any good or not. A handyman with marital problems meets a housewife with the same. Well, that's probably because they're fucking, and the house or the uh, their spouses don't know. Okay, now I never saw this, uh, but I have. I saw the uh, movie poster. poom boom, boom. As my chin bounces off the fucking microphone. Breakfast of Champions from nineteen ninety nine. It stars Bruce Willis, Nick Nolte, and Albert Finney. A car dealer is losing his mind. I guess that's Bruce Willis, who I don't find to be a very good actor, and uh, he is kind of an annoying twat with his singing. Uh, his son lives in a bomb shelter. His suicidal wife has had an affair with his transvestite sales manager. Uh, let's see. You got Bruce Willis, Nick Nolte, Albert Finney, Barbara Hershey, Luke Haas, Lucas Haas, Glenn uh, Headley, Omar Epps, Buck Henry, Will Patton, Owen Wilson, Allison Eastwood. She's a cutie. Uh, Michael Jai White. Michael Jai White's in this. But uh, it looks stupid, but I never saw the trailer or anything. And it was written by Kurt Vonnegut Jr. So maybe I'll make a little notation and see. It just looked dumb. So that's why I never fucking watched it. And uh, sometimes Bruce Willis is really bad. I don't know how he got where he was. Just that fucking stupid grin. Trixie from 2000. This is rated R, so maybe you guys shouldn't listen. It stars Emily Watson, Dermot Mulroney, and Nick Nolte. So this uh, Alan Rudolph is now loving on Nick Nolte. Uh, Nathan Lane, Brittany Murphy, rest in peace. Uh, Leslie Ann Warren, Stephen Lang. I love Stephen Lang. Will Patton again. Uh... What's this, a boot? An eccentric, unconventional woman whose naive aspirations to rise from her job as a security guard to a full-fledged private eye uh, lead her into a tangled PL mess. Whatever. I don't know if that looks any good or not. What's that chick's name? Emily Watson? What was she in? Oh, okay. I, I like her. She's pretty good. She cries a lot in, uh, she was in that, uh, what was that? Uh, Angela's Ashes. Wasn't she in that? Um, A girl that I was dating. I think we watched Angela's Ashes and it was so depressing that I I was just like, oh God, why are, I mean, this is movie is so depressing. But I liked her in the boxer with Daniel Day-Lewis and um, also Punch Drunk Love. Uh, she was good in Red Dragon, even though that was kind of a, Waste of a movie since we had already seen it once once before. Uh, Life and Death of Peter Sellers, that was pretty good. That was like an HBO movie, I think. Uh, we're getting up to the top of this. This guy must have either died or he stopped making movies because we're getting up here. in the... Well, no, 2017 he made something. Intimate Affairs is 2001. He likes Dermot Mulroney and wants to work with him again. <sighs> he's okay, but he's nothing. He's like, He's nothing. Nothing great. Nev Campbell. This one, Alan Cumming. Till Schwieger. Nick Nolte again. Terrence Howard. Tuesday Weld. I mean, she was from way back, but uh, I don't know. Seems to me like he's throwing Nick Nolte in a lot of shit. And Jeremy Davies always kind of got on my nerves ever since Million Dollar Hotel, which was like one of the worst fucking movies I've ever seen in my life. Thanks, Wim Vendors, for giving me that, and uh, Paris, Texas. But thanks for uh, American Friend. I like that. And Wings of Desire. I like that. I have to always say that I don't fucking, you know, people think I'm in Jagoff for not liking Paris, Texas. But uh, Jagoff I may be. I didn't like that fucking movie. I thought it was boring as shit. Uh, and you know, that's one I only watched once and it was for the show and maybe I was in a bad mood. So I have been tempted to go back and give it another chance. Cause I know I was just, I was sitting there watching like, Jesus fucking Christ, get to it. Oh, you know, okay. Dennis Leary, Campbell Scott, Hope Davis. Okay. He's fallen off now. He doesn't even have Gaylord Sartain or Nick Nolte in this one. (laughs) Fart Noise, An Introspective Dentist, Suspicions About His Wife's Infidelity, Stresses His Mental Well-Being, and Family Life to the Breaking Point. Alan Rudolph, you know, that might be a great movie. I don't know, but I doubt I'll ever fucking watch it. And the last thing he did in 2017 was Ray Meets Helen, and this stars Keith Carradine. He went back to Keith. Keith David, was that the guy with the big cock from... Officer to Gentleman, or is that you never touch another man's fries? But it also stars Sandra Locke. Oh, Sandra Locke made a comeback after Clint tried to kill her career. In a bizarre, unrelated turn of events, Ray and Helen each happen upon a large sum of money, uh, which give them a chance to reinvent themselves. And I guess that would be Keith Carradine and Sandra Locke. I like Keith Carradine. Keith David is you never mess with another man's fries. Uh, From the Charlie Sheen, or uh, Carlos Danger, and Emilio Estevez movie, Garbage Man movie. Samantha Mathis, I like her. Meg, or Jennifer Tilly. Oh, okay. Big boobies. Good, 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 good. Anything else in here worth salvaging? Keith Carradine looks really old, but he probably is really old in 2017. Uh, well, okay, so anyway, that's the dude. I don't know. Okay, the movie, of course, that I delved deep into there that uh, the director, Alan Rudolph, was Trouble in Mind. Remember that one with Chris Christopherson, Keith Carradine, and Lori Singer. So it's on Prime now. So give it a look and let me know what you think. If, you haven't seen, if you've seen it, definitely let us know on the group. Uh, if you haven't seen it uh, and you want to give it a look uh, and kind of give a review of it, that would be really cool because I really enjoyed it. Um, well, I'm gonna see what Lori, Well, how much time we got left here 20 minutes well let me look at Lori singer because I was always curious why she kind of fell off the fell off the rails after I mean she was kind of an id girl there for a while Laurie singer she's kind of kind of hot in uh, footloose man she was skinny
1: it's not my way love you just when no one's looking <laughs>
0: FTW, that's the one that I always watch with her and uh, Mickey Rourke. I watched that with my dad, and it was called The Last Ride. They didn't call it FTW when it was on uh, HBO or Cinemax. Frank T. Wells, that's FTW or Fuck the World, has just been released from prison after serving term for manslaughter. Frank's reasonably honest, is a reasonably honest man and a good rodeo rider. When he meets up with Scarlett, a bank robber on the run, uh, his whole life changes, and Scarlett is. Um, Lori Singer, and she has a past, so which is kind of a cool. Aaron Neville is in this. Uh, I'm not going to sing any Aaron Neville. I used to be able to sing Aaron Neville, but now my voice is totally fucked from, like, acid reflux and everything. Uh, Brian James is in this. Uh, this is when Mickey was just making whatever the fuck he wanted, and this was kind of like an independent movie. Who directed this? Michael Cabel, Kabelnikoff. Mickey Rourke wrote it with Mari Kornhauser and Mick Davis. Let's see. What's her, what's their deal? What's your deal, Pickle? <laughs> oh? Well, he only directed Mobsters. And was that the one with all the Brat Pack? Okay, yeah. He directed the mob, Mobsters with Christian Slater, Patrick Dempsey, and who else? Con, uh, Costas Mandalore. You know, what's funny is the other Mandalore is making all these movies with, um, you know, straight-to-DVD movies with Scott Atkins and stuff, and it's pretty good. So I wonder what uh, what happened to Costas, uh, Richard Grieco, who played Booker, which was a spin-off of, uh, not 90210, it was a spin-off of uh, that Johnny Depp young cop movie, TV show. What was that called? 20, 21 Jump Street. <laughs> Richard Grieco. Would well, I like Richard Grieco? But then he got like a lot of plastic surgery and he started looking weird. Uh, Robert Zadar. Anthony Quinn. What am I looking at here? Oh, this is mobsters. Okay. Okay. That was kind of like a brat pack kind of a, uh, a brat pack kind of a, uh, mobster movie about Lucky Luciano, Meyer Lansky, who I was just talking about. Patrick Dempsey plays him in this, but, uh, Harvey Keitel plays him in the other movie. And, uh, um, Meyer Lansky was the character that Hyman Roth, Hyman Woth as, uh, it's Roth, but uh, Hyman Roth as Michael Corleone called him, uh, is, um, the character, uh, that Meyer Lansky was based on, uh, that was down in C- Cuba, <coughs> Christian Slater is Lucky Luciano. That one was kind of I don't know I don't know if I would want to re- re- revisit that. The guy also directed Red Shoes, Red Shoe Diaries, that was like on Cinemax, and those were dirt, the kind of you know sexy, um, sexy, a sexy kind of a series. Jake's Story. What was Jake's Story that he directed? It starred Cheryl Lee, David Duchovny, and Audie England. Still mourning his lost love, Jake is seduced by a mysterious photographer who keeps. Uh, him at a distance until she finally reveals her secret. She is married. Jake uh, knows through bitter personal experience just how dangerous a game this can be. And of course, it probably showed some a lot of tit and that kind of sex scene where they might have the girl on top just kind of, you see her butt kind of hunching and you see her boobs and she does like a back bend or they have a sheet that covers up most of the good parts, uh, but still shows her titties. Cheryl Lee. Was she in, uh, yeah, she was uh, Laura Palmer. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, she, she was also in Wild at Heart. Who was she in Wild at Heart? I saw Wild at Heart a million times. I did not know Laura Palmer. I, I saw Texas Killing Fields with, uh, oh, what's his face? Sam Worthington, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Chloe Grace Moretz. I was just reading about that, the real Texas Killing Fields the other day, that was based on like a true story or true place, that movie. Uh, I wanted to find Wild at Heart and see who Laura Palmer played in Wild at Heart. L.A. Doctors, Mother Night. That was a good movie uh, with Nick Nolte. Okay, I know who she was in that. That was, a, that was a good movie. She was hot. They had a sex scene in that one too, her and Nick Nolte. Uh, Red Shoe Diary. She must have liked to show some... Booby stuff. Good witch. She played the good witch. Okay, yeah, I kind of remember that. That was kind of one of those weird things that was in there. That uh, what's his face through in there? David LaCh. Bobby Peru. <laughs> Bobby Peru knew what it meant when it come to fucking. Uh, Bobby Peru. I'm glad I don't have teeth like Bobby Peru. I brush my teeth. <laughs> I hope you all know that. And I used an electric toothbrush and mouthwash and all kinds of stuff. So he only did like three fucking, well, one of them wasn't even a movie. He did Mobsters and he did FTW with Mickey Rourke and then did that Red, Shoes, Red Shoe Diaries. But what happened? Did he die or something? Because he kind of, I mean, that's not very much. A cinematographer for Dr. Duck's super secret all-purpose sauce. And he, let's see. Producer, Deb Deb Never Sorry, that's a short. Moments Like This Never Last, that's a documentary. Alt-Right, Age of Rage, a documentary. Everybody Street, a documentary, an architecture. Why would they give this guy, because that Mobsters movie was a pretty big movie, having all those young people, and I don't like Anthony Quinn, a bunch of actors playing all the, the old gangsters and stuff. And then he made that Mickey Rourke movie, and then nothing. I wonder, I'm going to see if I can just find real quick anything about this dude, like why he just stopped doing work because he obviously didn't get rich off that Mickey Rourke fucking movie. It's not my way to love you just when no one's looking. Well, what it say? Yeah. doesn't say jack or shit personal details other works he directed a pizza hut comm- and this literally says in 2005 he directed a pizza hut commercial uh and there's not i mean no information about this guy uh, author it says he was an author this is strange this really is bothering me that uh IMDb produced the film. Da, 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 de, 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 de. Maybe if I put what happened to. What happened to.
1: If you let
0: work it, it says he's estimated in 2021 estimated net worth of a million dollars up to. One million. Hmm. Well, who gives a shit about that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he passed away or what. I can't find anything on him, but it's just, it's just an odd thing that somebody would just disappear like that. Maybe he's doing something else, or he, uh, I don't know. Red Shoe Diaries. He did uh, Mobsters, Red Shoe Diaries, and the Mickey Rourke movie, and that's it. Horror crash. I don't know. Was that anything there? Very strange people. And I know that's probably not as compelling to you. Alt-right, The Age of Rage, 2018. That's the documentary about all the fucking Nazi fucks and everything. So he did. That was 2018. That wasn't that long ago. So maybe he just likes doing. Maybe he's independently wealthy and he makes documentaries and. He thought he would take a shot at doing some of that stuff, but I don't know. So anyway, that's no big deal. No, no, no loss. We're all right. Just chill once everything's cool. He must still be around. But I mean, it doesn't have like his, you know, usually on IMDb, has birthday and all that stuff and just a few things. It doesn't have anything. Um, let's see, FTW. Maybe it's in the trivia. Mickey Rourke turned down the role of Butch Coolidge in Pulp Fiction to write and star in FTW. Uh, Good good choice, Mickey, because you're a hell of a lot better actor than goddamn fucking Bruce Willis. Uh, FT, although FTW are the main character's initials, it was well known that it stands for Fuck the World, For the Win, Farewell the well. It's got like a million different things here that uh, it could stand for. That's not, nobody cares about that either. Produced by Mickey Rourke's production company, Red Ruby Productions. But my whole point of looking that shit up was Lori Singer. And I ended up looking up some dude that is a phantom. Phantom. She's no Gaylord Sartain. Uh, Lori Singer, where are you? I've got 10 minutes to find something about Lori Singer so I can just close this motherfucker out dancer uh cellist actress it is not just virtual reality uh laurie jacqueline singer was born in november 1957 so she's older than me you know who else is older than me that i was surprised was phoebe cates i thought she would be about the same age she's close she's i think she's like uh 58 and so she's a few years older than me and i thought we were probably about this right at the same age Um, so I guess I couldn't date her. She would have been the older lady. Well, I probably could now if Kevin Klein would shut up. (laughs) Lori Singer is, uh, let's see, younger sister of Mark Singer, who was Beastmaster. Uh, Weighed less than four pounds at birth. Oh, that's something, you know, I couldn't find out if that guy was alive or dead, but I know that Lori Singer was four pounds. Uh, Is 14 years younger than John Lithgow and nine years younger than Diane West, who played her parents at Footloose. Oh, let's see. Her aunt was Phoebe Singer, cousin of Brian Singer. Is that the one dude that's kind of a creep? No. Yeah, X-Men. Is he a creep? Like a pervert or something? I don't know. I get some of those guys mixed up. Some guys that are perverts in Hollywood. There's a lot of them. Uh, let's see. Uh, go back to Lori. I wonder why she quit. Why'd you quit? Lori still plays a cello uh, regularly, and although she was classically trained, Lori plays rock music as well. Uh, wow, wow, wow. Lori is one of many uh, generous celebrities, including uh, Cindy Crawford, Heidi Klum, Elle McPherson, Claudia Schiffer. There's a lot of hot puss there. Uh, stay Footloose. And Lori writes occasionally, and when she, and she signs an autograph, Stay Footloose. Uh, let's see. I thought she was kind of cute. She had a kind of a hard look too, though. She could kind of have a hard look, um, inspired by her brother's uh, Mark Singer's success in Hollywood. Lori started taking acting classes at seventeen. Uh, she landed her first role in the television series Fame. She wants to live forever. Wants to learn how to fly high. I just hit the mic with my chin again. Filmed Footloose in 1984 and grossed eighty million dollars. She beat out Madonna for the part. That's pretty cool, because Madonna's kind of annoying. She had bouncy boobs in Like a Prayer, the video, where she had black hair. And I like that uh, um, Express Yourself. I like that video where she had the short, blonde, platinum hair and danced around. Uh, But when she did that proper don't preach shit, I tuned out. Let's see. Lori was nominated for an Independent Spirit Award for Best Female Lead in Trouble in Mind. And that's the one I was talking about with Chris Christopherson that I would like for everybody. That's your uh, your homework. <laughs> Lori had a son, Jacques Rio, in 1991. So that might have had something to do. Let's see. Uh, let's see. She won a Golden Globe Award for her outstanding performance in Shortcuts. Was that uh, with Dennis Quaid? No. What's this? Uh, the Day-to-Day Lives of Several Suburban Los Angeles Residents. That's a Robert Altman movie. Andy McDowell, Julianne Moore, Tim Robbins. Uh, so if it's Robert Altman, it probably has a huge cast and everybody talking at the same time. Fred Ward, Chris Penn, Lily Taylor, Jennifer Jason Lee, Ann Archer, Bruce Davidson, who played uh, Dean in the Jan and Dean movie. Uh, Andy McDowell. Who else? Madeline Stowe, Robert Downey Jr. Hmm. Again, that's uh, I you know might want to check that one out. Robert Altman, I like him. He Robert Altman likes um, what's his name? Tim Robbins, I think that was Lily Tomlin, I believe. Let's see, Trouble in Mind. Watch that. Uh, Lori <laughs> starred in VR2, the short-lived sci-fi series. Uh, the same year, she was also listed to People's, Mag- People's magazine. People's magazine as one of the most beautiful people. So she wasn't the most beautiful, she was one of. She is five foot ten and also pursued a successful modeling career with the Elite Model Agency. So she was a long legged broad. She was a long cool woman in a red dress, black dress, red dress, whatever. Okay, I think we're about done. <laughs> I think I've I think I've wasted enough of your time. I have three and a half minutes to go. Could we talk about something else? Lori Singer. Um, let's see Footloose there you go what'd you guys think about Footloose <laughs> is that a good movie <laughs> it, good. it was a stupid movie but it was fun and we watched it saw it like a million times stupid movies can be good too they're, as long as they're fun and entertaining You've got some music you tap your toe to Kevin Bacon dancing you know what was his name at Ren McCormick was he Ren let's see Footloose she was Ariel and he was yeah. Ren R E N Ren and Sarah Jessica Parker played Stempy. <laughs> oh, and John K play should have played the dad Reverend Shaw Moore. and Clubber Lang could have been like a, uh, who somebody that wanted to rape somebody or beat up Sylvester Stallone. Um, Sean Penn, not Sean Penn, Mr. T should have played the Chris Penn part. And Sylvester Stallone could have been Jim Young or Chuck Cranston, the guy that gets his uh, shoestring caught on the tractor. I don't know why, but Sylvester Stallone could do that. I mean, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis would have been good in that. But, you know, Kevin Bacon was... uh, I when I saw that movie, I always thought Kevin Bacon was kind of ugly, uh, because he kind of had a pug nose, and he was in um, what was the movie about the Baltimore Colts, and had Mickey Rourke in it, uh, Diner. He was in that, and then he was in uh, Animal House, and he got paddled, and I didn't think he was like good, but I and then the silver, uh, the one, uh, the bicycle movie, I liked him in that movie, uh, The Woodsman about the guy who was a pedophile. They got out of prison. That uh, was a really good movie. Um, RIPD. I saw that with Justin Oberholzer, the Cinemascist, in the theater, I think. Pretty sure. Uh, what was the movie, the Bicycle Messenger movie, that what's-his-face was in? Kevin Bacon. It was something like so Quicksilver, maybe? Is that what it's called? Diner? And then, and I never saw, the, yeah, Quicksilver as Jack Casey. I, that was kind of like a Footloose bicycle movie or something. He was trying to be like top gun of bicycle messengers. Jack was doing great trading shares until he wasn't. He gets a job as a, as, on a bike at Quicksilver Speed Delivery. There he befriends Hector and Cute Terry, who was Jamie Gertz, I guess. Uh, Jack gets an enemy in the criminal gypsy. So he was a um, what you call it a dude that was a stock trader on the New York Stock Exchange and then he became a bike messenger <laughs> with a degree in philosophy. Oh who else is in that? That was a pretty funny movie. Jamie Gertz uh, she was big at at one time. I keep saying just the same stuff. I don't wh- why anybody would listen to this. I don't know. I want to give you your t- I want to give you your 2 hours worth. There you got 25 seconds left. Can I say something stupid about somebody? Uh, Louie Anderson was in that. Jamie Gertz. Did she get raped in a movie or something by Lawrence Fishburne? Jamie Gertz, what was she in? She was in Lost Boys. I don't I never saw Twister. I thought that looked stupid. Um, and who was she in 16 Candles? Hmm. I got a pee. And then I've got I bought some uh strawberry milk. And I also bought this orange cream milk and I tasted it. It was all right. Okay, I gotta get off here. Bye.